Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. It's time for Cofield and Company's legal insider, Justin Watkins, on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, everybody, Justin Watkins up in just a little bit. Adam Hill checking in from Raiders Camp as well. Damon is back in the Finley Toyota Studios. ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas, tracking a little afternoon baseball. Uh-oh, did uh, big fella, did my twin, Dan Vogelback, a little less power than I had in softball, though. Uh, is that a granny? Or is he just running like it's a granny? And he's, he's taking his time. Anyway, uh, Mets home run. Mets home run in that one. So some baseball going on this afternoon. All right, Damon, we start off this hour before we get to all the legal stuff with um, a story that I find really intriguing, but I feel like it's not a match for me. Hard stop or Las Vegas. But I might be wrong on this. But I might be wrong. But I think you're on my side. The news that there is a deal that's been cut. ESPN reached a deal to put the ACC regular season football games and New Year's Six Bowl games in movie theaters this season. Um, The CEO of the Theater Sports Network said... Quote, we believe movie theaters are the next great frontier for live sporting events. They are planning on 75 games this season in movie theaters. I hate I think this might this might work in other markets and it might work for people, but other people. Um, but it sounds like you and I are both like, I don't know about going to a movie theater to watch a football game. Yeah, it sounds like a terrible idea. I hate COO speak. I hate corporate speak. The next great frontier for live sporting events? To who? Who was thinking, you know what I need with my football? I need a movie theater where I really can't control the volume. The snacks are going to be overpriced, and I'm there with a bunch of strangers. That's what I need with my football. Uh, Yeah, I thought of those. Uh, Justin Watkins sits in. Uh, We were just talking about some revolutionary idea. Um ESPN, using the ACC package of games and New Year's Six games, said they're going to put a bunch of football games in movie theaters. I don't think it's a match for Vegas because, like here at Rampart and other places, if you went you know, next door to Suncoast, oftentimes the movie theater is right next to the sportsbook. One, I don't even know if the sportsbook would want people to leave the sportsbook to go watch a movie, uh, a football game in a movie theater, and two, I don't know that most people in the book watching are like, yeah, I'm going to go watch one game. It seems like a weird concept and one that maybe they've already signed with a couple of theaters here in Vegas. I don't think this is a good Vegas idea. Definitely not a good Vegas idea. And the, the funny part about the, their statement is they think this is the future the of future. how sports is going to be consumed. And I was like, what? no, man, isn't the future VR headsets? Like, isn't that what the future would look like? I guess. Where you can have a VR experience of watching the game from all these different vantage points where you could pay to to watch a game where you're sitting on the very best seats and there's 50,000 of you sitting in the best seat in the arena or or watching it through the the eyes of a referee or an official of the game or the quarterback's helmet. You can put that that on a movie movie screen. (laughs) No, you need a VR headset so it's real for you, right? Like, that's the future. Like, going back in time 
to a movie theater, especially I, I'm with you 100 percent in Vegas. Like the sports books are better than movie theaters now. Like I mean, yeah, I mean, we're like what we're looking at right, right now is like shining my whole face up because yep. they got all these different things happening all at once. Why in the world would I want to go to a dark, dingy little you know movie theater to watch a game? It's crazy. All right, isn't the future young people too? And I think they're all now programmed. I don't know if they care about sound or like real good visual. They're watching on phones. They just want to keep in tune with what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right for most of the way they consume TV. I don't know if they're like that with live sports uh, or not, but for sure, like, you, it's difficult to get my kids to watch a show up on the TV rather than down on their phone. Really? Just because that's what they're used to. They just, Do they like going to movies? It's very difficult to get them yep. to go to a movie. They don't like it. You know, and, and what I'll tell you that they really don't like is when I try to bring up old movies for them to watch, be like, you're really going to like this. So I tried to get them to watch Dumb and Dumber the other day, and like, 10 minutes in when nothing's happened, they're like, forget about it. I'm, I'm out. out. I'm out. Like, Short attention span. Yeah, the, the, the character development build does not work for them. Um, the other one is if you watch at a sports bar and there's rival sports fans at a sports bar, like Damon, well, you, you could probably do it too because you wrestled. So you just got to take down and neutralize somebody. You know, Damon's a pro wrestler, so you could probably do some flip off a table on him. Um, gets kind of rowdy sometimes in sports bars, a little bit of trash talk. Do I want to be in the dark? With other fans? Definitely not. Right. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, I'm cheering for one team, and all of a sudden, someone stalks me with a freaking you know, left hook that I don't see. Right. I mean, I think like the only, the only way that that would be a thing I, I could think of is like if family and friends of a player, like let's say somebody's making their NFL debut, and they're from Vegas, and not everybody can make it out there, and so the family or friends rent out a movie theater to watch that game. They're all looking for the same thing. They're all on the same side. Then, yeah, that's cool, man. That makes sense. Get everybody together. But I'm, I'm with you. And, and specifically with Vegas, I mean, Vegas just it doesn't have that rivalry sort of thing going on. We have an interest across a broad spectrum of games and don't want to be locked in on one. And it just it would not work here. I, I'm, I'll plant my flag on that. The voice of Justin Watkins. He's here with us at the set at Rampart. All right. So let's get some commentary, some stuff on the legal front, and also stuff concerning, you know, just being a sports fan and also you as a former public servant. I save a lot of the A stuff for this day. When yeah. you're in, because my blood starts boiling, and you can be a voice of reason, but, like, these guys even get you worked up. And <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Let, I'm not a voice of reason on like, this. Well, you're better than I am and staying calm. So last week, the A's, they had John Fisher, the owner, do a couple of strategic interviews with a, a local, you know, friendly outlet, an NBC TV station. And then the RJ has uh, Mick Akers, who's been very friendly to the A's. So they did the interview. I also, I don't know if I missed it somewhere. Was this a back and forth or was it a written? Was it written questions and then no follow-up? It looked like it happened on Zoom because okay. they, they kind of posted some imagery that looks like he was on a Zoom with okay. them. So John Fisher, we both thought it was really weird that John Fisher kind of suggested that they would still come limping into this market and they might not be big spenders. And he was like, listen, I'm going to lose. The team is going to lose $40 million this year. Mm. And when owners say that in Major League Baseball, you're like, you're not. Stop. You're not. And... He responded because he got blown up pretty good, John Fisher, to him saying he's going to lose $40 million. And Fisher said, I'm the one writing the check, so I think I know what things cost. Great. Show us then. Like, if you're going to try to back it up and say, I'm writing the checks, then lo let us see the revenue. Right? Like, th the fact of the matter is you have earned no goodwill from the people. They don't believe you. 
they they are going to start from a position of you are lying to us and you will have to prove that you're telling the truth whereas somebody you know you know what if if bill foley came out and said here's how much i lost i'd be like Meh, he might be right you know I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt but when you have burned a fan base over and over again through blatant lies then I, I, I just, you're not going to get the, pu- the public's not going to believe you unless you can prove it in, in black and white. And there's no way they're going to open their books. Because like I said, the San Francisco Chronicle did an excellent expose on like exactly what they believe that they can prove that they earned in revenues. And it was not a loss. It was not even a loss, let alone $40 million. I love these cases. Just someone up there who has shown they cannot be trusted. And then turning the audience and being like, the unmitigated gall on your part or you know uh something we always say on this show back from sports big days like this is sort of righteous indignation from someone who's completely and totally in the wrong yeah well and like, I, you're getting mad at us for questioning the uh, the honesty the the veracity of what come on bro it, really which makes me actually like what the oakland mayor is doing oh i love uh, this so much <laughs> when i saw her drop this i'm like let's do this let's do this because here's what here's what we're facing here in vegas so we've put up this money from the state, the county, to have them build a stadium. The lease is up at Oakland Coliseum. After next year. It's going to be a terrible situation after next year. Yep. It's, it's awful now. Yep. So where are they going to play? And then I've repeatedly heard from uh, people connected to LV Ballpark, they're not playing at the ballpark. It's just the, the players are not going to allow it. They're not going to play at minor league parks in Reno or Sacramento. That's not going to happen. And what did the mayor do? She started to start drawing the line like, oh, you want to play in our stadium? That's what you're going to do. And what she really is, I guess it's not outrageous. You know the A's are just like bristling at it. Yeah, so she, she put two terms out there, and she didn't say kind of and. It might be an either-or situation. Yeah, it I'm should not be really, both should, of these. I, yes. But what, what she said was, yeah, you guys could play. Uh, in the stadium until your your new location is done in Vegas on two conditions. One, the A's name stays in Oakland. Which it should. We, should, we should get a new name. Well, when they I want here. a new name anyway, but like the funny thing about it is like, Oakland, you don't know the A's either. You took them from another market. Who took it from another market? It's, you're the uh, third Kansas market. Chile. Yeah. Uh, so, number one, you weren't the originator of the A's. But the second uh, position being that if you relocate that there's a guarantee for Major League Baseball that they're next up for expansion, um, which is like I, I, okay. But it, I, I, if I'm Major League Baseball, I'm like, yeah, I'll consider it. Like, give me, give me a, a ballpark, give me all this stuff, and it's all done. Then what you know what I care. And then who's the re- if that were to happen, who's the real loser in all this? We are. Right, we took the crappy franchise, and they get the brand new pristine one. Hopefully, with a better vetted owner who's going to spell or spend on, on a team. An expansion draft, probably. That's, uh, you know, I hope yep. Manfred would follow what uh, Gar and the NHL have done, where you actually could be competitive out of the gates. Yeah, and, and, you know, we get stuck with the owner who's coming in here already saying, you, Vegas, have to create the revenue for me to spend first. I'm not going to spend to create my own revenue. I'm going to make you spend to prove it to me. And it's just so backwards of a way to come into a market and build a franchise that, like, I still hold out this, like, 0.0% hope that, like, something falls through, it doesn't work out, they don't meet some timelines, they can't relocate, or the, the, they decide to take the Oakland deal. I, you know, I just keep holding out hope for that.
I don't think it's going to happen. We were lost without you yesterday. We had a story come down that had some legal concerns, but also dealt with gun safety. I was listening. And it turns out that a woman was shot at a White Sox game. It looks like she shot herself. She got shot in the leg. Her own fat shot her. Uh, apparently, is this true that she actually infolds of fat that she snuck a gun in? And then how do you shoot yourself with your fat? I'm assuming from the story and what you guys were talking about. You're not fat, so I don't know how we would test this on. Uh, I'm assuming it's a handgun. Yes. And and the the handguns, um, there are a number of handguns that do not have safety. So, so number one, you're just ready to go. It's ready to fire if if there's a a bullet in the chamber, okay? Uh, And most people who carry handguns and carry it around and think they need it for personal defense carry it loaded, right? Like, I, I had the opportunity as a, as a legislator to get a CCW. They give it to all legislators if you do the training. It's a matter of course. There, there is some reason to think as a public servant you do need to protect yourself. I am a gun owner, but I've never felt the need ever to carry a gun publicly. That's just me. I've never felt threatened to the point where i got to carry a gun around, and I'd certainly never carry it loaded. But there are handguns that do not have a safety. They're ready to fire, and if they are loaded... And depending on what kind of gun enthusiast the person was who set it up, set the gun up, the trigger may have very little resistance. You know, you hear the term hair trigger. Well, you could you can adjust the resistance of the trigger to whatever specifications that you want. And so if it's a light trigger, absolutely the, the folds of a body can absolutely set off a trigger. Just say it's fat. We got to build on this on the way back. I said fat. Fat shooting off a gun yesterday 55 times in like four minutes. Uh, we're out here at Rampart. By the way, I got I want to compare and contrast this with what happened to Plaxico Burris because he served some serious time. Football season's on the way. We're at the Rampart. Remember, specials during all football games September 7th and on include $2 draft beers, $3 on the bottles, $4 on Bloody Marys, and the hot dog cart is back, baby. From the Rampart Race and Sportsbook, it's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling on, you heard it, Rampart, here on a Wednesday. Justin Watkins is here. Adam Hill's going to join in just a couple seconds. So, you have not had a chance to chime in. I don't think we talked about it last week with the uh, Spanish Federation dude who gave the big smoocher, grabbed the lady's head. Um, lots of people are lined up against him. Uh, it's, it's gotten real ugly. They want him to move on. He will not. He's digging in. His mom's starving herself to death, I guess. I don't know. Hunger strike. Something's going on. Um, this is quite a debate because I think initially he came out and it's like, hey, this is what we do. And it's like, well, that's not an acceptable answer on – potentially you know abusive or you know harassing behavior male and female and it's turned into a big male and female debate like before we get into this from a legal standpoint and again it's spain not the u.s i just have to play you how wide-ranging the opinions on this are here is a call-in show in the uk and a woman calls in and says this is all much ado about nothing here. It was a quick little kiss. I think the women have got it all out of proportion and even the men that are phoning you up saying mm-hmm. I think it's terrible and what a great looking guy he is. I thought it was going to be some old guy about 17. He was a great looking guy and I'll tell you something, there's a lot of girls out there that I know would love him to give them a smacker on the lips. They want to be in a man's world, they want to play football. The world has gone absolutely mad. A guy like that 
And I'm thinking, well, if he'd have kissed me, I wish he'd have held on a bit longer. We're good. That, mean, is, that is one woman's opinion, and uh, I think she speaks for all women. Uh, for those who are protesting this, you're being toxic. You know, I, I mean, I think this That's is all, all about a generational divide, at least that call is, right? Yep. I mean, the, the, the generation, you know, I'll say, I'll even say 40 and up. I'm going to say 40 and up, but it's probably closer to 50 and up. Feel that some of the gripes and complaints, or, or that's how they would characterize it, of the younger generation about how they're treated sort of sexually um, is blown way out of proportion. And, and to be fair, that generation went through a lot worse stuff. And so by comparison, they're like, dude, this is, this is nothing. And, and I, I'm speaking from like experience of talking to people in and out of my family who are in that age group, and they're just like, the things that we had to go through in order to get to this point, and now they're complaining about that, it's too much, it's gone too far. I'm not saying I subscribe to that belief, right. but, but I'm saying there is, a, there is a generational divide on this. Of course there is. You know, and from my perspective, when I watched the video, I, I, I honestly didn't think it was that bad. I, I, I didn't think that there was anything that indicated to Luis Rubiales that this was non-consensual. Everybody in the line, he literally gave a kiss to every single woman in the line. Now, every one of them was on the cheek previously, but it didn't look like a concerted effort for him to try to place this on the lips. It was just the manner in which the handoff was happening from the next player to the next player that it just it did not look to me like it was like, oh, this is the one I want to kiss on the lips. It didn't look like that to me. So I get it. Like if, if she's saying, like, I didn't want to have to consent to this, and the fact that he's always doing this to everybody all the time should not be something that I'm subjected to, I can subscribe to that. I can subscribe to that. And if you were going to be in charge of a women's team, you should probably just not do that stuff, <laughs> you know, if, if you're a man. Actually, if you're a woman, either, uh, you know, you got to know where you're at and, and where society is these days, and you got to know the age uh, and generation of those players and how they feel about this kind of stuff. Um, so, I think there's a big segment of today's population that wants to see pushback and wants to see people like Rubiales stand his ground and not give in to this. I think there's a big segment of the population that's in that camp, and I think there's a big segment of the population that's saying. No, none of this is ever acceptable, and we should we should never like uh, accept any level of this. I guess I mean you're speaking from a there's no there's not like a legal perspective to that, right? I mean it's just yeah, like, that's just cultural. My, my question would be if we were going to look at it from a legal perspective, not that he committed a crime or anything, but if if you're arguing a case, how much does context have to do with how you would describe it? In that she hates him, he yeah. knows she hates him. Like, there's a nasty buildup to the World Cup of she doesn't want to play for him and his, his association, and he knows that. And he's like, ah, I'm going to make you kiss me in front of everybody here. Context is everything, yeah. right? Because what would ultimately come down to the jury's assessment, if she were to sue for – it would be right. assault, right? right? If she were to sue for assault, it would be an unwelcomed touching, right? And it's an intentional tort, which means – he must know that it is unwelcomed when he does it. 
And so to your point, if all of those things are being related to the jury, the jury is going to say a reasonable person's standard, standing in those shoes, would knowing those things, would he know that this touching is unwelcomed and that it's going to cause her damage, right? And would, would I take the case? I wouldn't take the case. I would not because I, I just don't think that the nature of it is so minuscule that I, I don't think she can come out of that and say, I'm emotionally harmed for the rest of my life as a result of what I've gone through. So the damages would be very small. And number two, here's the thing. She hates him, and she's going through this line too. She gives him a hug too. So she initiates the hug, in fact. And so to me... There's just so much going on there that I just don't – I it's not a case I would take. I'm not saying it's not winnable. It, 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 it's winnable. In today's day and age, it's winnable. But you got to recognize if this were happening in the United States, most likely your jury is going to be 50 and up because most jurors are. And I don't feel like I'm going to win that case. Justin Watkins here with us at Rampart Sportsbook, Race and Sportsbook. Um so, little fantasy talk, and also, I don't, I don't know if there's anything legal here. Every time we deal with something legal, I just feel like, from the player side of things, like, hey, collectively bargained, screwed, have no recourse. So now what's happened with Jim Irsay and the Colts and Jonathan Taylor is interesting. He's on the pup list. He's not going to play the first four games. Um, I fear this is more than just, hey, he's not ready, and they're screwing with him a little bit because Irsay is a loose cannon. So back in late July, Ursay said, if I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. We know that. The NFL rolls on. It doesn't matter who comes and who goes. It's a privilege to be part of the whole thing. If this does continue and Jonathan Taylor is sort of denied a chance to ply his trade and it, and it affects his future value, does he have anything here with these actions and those words? I don't, maybe I'm just – off my rocker today, but I don't have a problem with Jim Irsay's words in the, in that quote. I really don't, because um, especially because he includes himself there. If I'm gone tomorrow, nobody's going to miss me either. Is is the context of that quote? Okay, uh, and so he's saying like we got to savor this. We got to take the moment while we can. Now, can Jonathan Taylor have a remedy for what he's describing as abuses? Here's what I would say. Jonathan Taylor is in breach of his contract. He's choosing not to honor his, the terms of his written contract by holding out. So, you know, like once I have an anticipatory breach, once well, it's an actual breach. Once you've breached the contract, actually all my obligations to honor the contract go by the wayside. I don't have to honor the contract. I can hold you to the terms of the contract, but you're not doing it. You're not performing. I don't have to pay you, and, you know, if I decided to say that I'm going to put you on the pup list because you're not willing to report, I think you got a pretty good defense for that. So uh, while I always want to back the players, really the bottom line is you got to negotiate better deals in your CBA for these situations. Running backs are really screwed. I mean, we could talk about Jonathan Taylor, too, and what's happening there. You know, they are just so screwed right now. And him holding out is him breaching the terms of his contract. And we call it a holdout, but it's a breach. And so he he loses a lot of legal remedies and a legal recourse when he makes the first breach. Well, he's he's there. 
He's just standing on the sideline. Like, it's – I mean, I, I don't know how – He's not performing. He's not – he's holding out. He's, he's not going to perform, right? He's, he's not going to get on the field. He's hurt. Then he's then, – then it's – he's on the pup list. If he's hurt, he's on the pup list. It's, it, it, there's a lot of wild. And I think you just mentioned uh, – not to make it a, about the football and the running back stuff, but, you know, you, I think you were referencing Josh Jacobs and his situation. Like, there is a reason they're, nev- they're never going to be able to band together and do this because I directly asked Josh Jacobs today about – hey, like, you said you want to make this for running backs, and it, Saquon signs, then you signed. Like, where, how are you going to be able to make a stand on this if, you know, there's nothing you can really do? And he said, well, there's like five of us that really matter. There like, you go. Okay. That's why it doesn't well, work right there. That's the deal. You need everybody <laughs> on board. Exactly. Not that's, you know. You, that's where it is. Yep, exactly. So, I mean, we're, I, actually, I was talking about Jonathan Taylor and, and what the team, you know, like kind of what Indianapolis, uh, Indianapolis is doing to him in regards to potential trades, um, you know, and what? Yeah, I was talking about Josh yeah, Jacobs, yeah. but in regards to, like, are they are they considering relevant trades? Are they not being a part of that? And so, yeah, I mean, well, I, and then they and then they completely made a ridiculous yeah. demand. That's the yeah, other problem trade. is yeah. when they tried to trade him. It's like if you're not in good faith trying to make a trade, they ask the Dolphins for Jalen Waddle. It's like, how about give us Waddle and picks? Like, no. No. That's not, you're not realistically I know, but negotiating. I don't, I don't have to participate in good faith when you've already breached the contract. That's that's the bottom line, yeah. And 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 I think Josh Jacobs, I mean, you know what? He should have signed that deal. He should have signed it because he was going to be – now, I, I think the ownership groups here is a little bit different than Ursay, uh, but at the, bo- at the end of the day – like, I think he made the right choice in signing, and, you know, he'll continue on. He made $11 million. We are on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas offices in Reno and Henderson in Las Vegas for Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Give them a call at 766-1400. Anywhere in the state of Nevada, you got you got to dial 775 in the north. Time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, Justin, let's see if we can uh, bang out a couple of topics here. One, about sports talk radio and how much athletes actually listen to sports talk. I would never listen to sports talk in my own city. It's just, let's get Justin Mike's, Justin's mic up. Um, I would never listen to it because it, it, it's just infuriating. Bryce Harper, apparently, I did he listen to us? Do we know? We ever get confirmation I'm, on that? We know Floyd did. I'm sure he did. We talk, I talked to, uh, we, I think we referenced it on the show, not to sell him out, but uh, Paul Seawald listens to us. Good, good. We'll, have to, we'll have the, to hammer closer him. Closer for the D-backs? We'll have to hammer him in the offseason to pick out like one blown save because he's actually had a great year. Um, Bryce Harper hits a home run. He starts talking about, hey, the hitting effort. Have no worries. Like, hey, listen to Sports Talk Radio. It was go time. The only time I'm out there, I just try to have good at bats. And um, it's funny, I was driving in today, and you know, I'm listening to WIP like I do a lot, uh, the two o'clock hour. And uh, a guy named Chuck called in. And he calls in a lot of his players. Uh, but I said, uh, you know, he was talking about our team and talking about me and stuff. And um, I walked in the training room. I was like, I'm gonna go deep tonight for Chuck. Uh, <laughs> that guy had me fired up, man. Um, but you know, it, it's just funny. I mean, this team as a whole, we, you know, come in here, play with Phillies across our chest. We're all family. We're all pulling. I like it. 
Me Bryce, too. Bryce motivated by the buffoons who uh, call into uh, WIP. Uh, by the way, very rough day for the rival radio station. They did not get a pop there from Bryce Harper. That's a victory yep. for WIP, unfortunately. I like it, man. I mean, I like that he, you know, he's a sports fan, you know, and he's always, he, I mean, he, he finds his way to games all throughout in, in other sports all throughout the year. He likes sports. He likes talking about sports. He likes listening to sports, and that's cool, man. And and the fact that, like, he knows that Chuck's a regular caller. So he you listens know, a lot. He listens that's a lot. Well, I like that. We can also, first of all, yes, uh, Philly is dead, and, like, everyone listens to WIP. Right. It is wild how, like, popular those shows are there and how everyone pays attention and listens to them. So it is a different planet, for sure. Uh, but I like to think that, uh, you know, when – Shea Theodore is driving into the arena. He's popping us on and getting inspired by things our callers say. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, I I don't think you need to take yourself so seriously that you can't you know be a part of the conversation. I I would tell you though, if I was a professional athlete and I I would not be listening. Yeah, I would not listen to but, local stuff. You know what? No, but if you're that good, yes, <laughs> nobody's gonna say but anything that's, bad. That's, that's also why it's working for Bryce and Philly. Because he's got a spine, he can listen to it, and it's not really going to bother him. Yep. Right? And he reacts well to it. There are other athletes, and it's not not trying to kill them, but they go to some of these freaking hot spots, and they just they can get broken, which is it's so ridiculous that they get broken. Just turn I, it off. I mean, Bryce has been under scrutiny since, you know, 15 years old, yep. and he's been under the bright lights. And I, I wasn't sure he'd be able to take it as in stride as he is in Philadelphia when he signed that contract. But not only did he take it in stride, like he's embraced it and made it part of his personality. Maybe it was always part of his personality, and maybe he just finally found a city that adopt that is the same personality as he is. And man, he just soaks it up, and I love watching him. Man, I mean, a big part of it, I gotta say, is obviously his Vegas roots that make me follow him as closely as I do. If he wasn't from Vegas, I probably wouldn't. But man, I I, I love the way he represents our town. I do. By the way, how about Bryson Stott, UNLV guy, yep. another hometown guy. He's gone there, played limited minor league baseball because of COVID year, and he looks like the type of dude as a shortstop or third baseman who's going to be probably right around 300 and like 22 homer, you know, 75 ribby guy. He's reacting to it well, too. Yep, he's having a great year, and who knew that we were like, you know, the uh, Philly of the West Coast out here in Vegas. A little bit. Yeah, Joey Gallo will go there next, and he'll uh, maybe not. <laughs> that, that one is hurt, and Adam has rubbed it in. That one is hurt. He's a uh, He's still below the Mendoza line. 766-1400 is a number. Get advice and, you know, for real cases, all cases, call Justin Watkins and Matt Hoffman. Thanks for coming down, Justin. I appreciate it. You're very busy. So, Justin, spending some time with us here at Rampart. Uh, 766-1400 is a number. Again, dial 775 in the north for the office in Reno. From the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, let's talk some games this weekend. Look ahead to week one in the National Football League. The guy who runs this joint in the sports book is Dwayne Colucci. He's up with Cofield. He's up with Adam Hill. Dwayne, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys, and hope you're enjoying the uh, facility, as always, at the fabulous Rampart. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're here. We're here. We're, uh, we might we might check out a little early to go get some uh, happy hour over at Jade or the uh, Hawthorne Grill. But you know, before we get to all the football, let's talk about uh, some of the promotions going on for the football season. So first of all, I think I think this is a relatively new one. 
Uh, what's going on with the $45,000 touchdowns, tackles, and cash drawings? And then uh, the pigskin parlays are back, too. Yeah, definitely. we got so many promotions, guys, at the Rampart. We really hang our hats on football season. And we have a great marketing team that comes up with these promotions. The 45,000 touchdowns, tackles, and cash is new. It's a Sunday drawing. Drawings are held, uh, you know, on Sunday on September 3rd, 10th, 17th, and 24th at 515. Ten winners at the 515 drawing each Sunday in September. Uh, you know, it ranges uh, $500 in free slot play, 200 300 It's just an amazing, amazing concept. And, uh, you know, one of our new drawings that we have at the Rampart. And it's just going to be a great football season. You get one for every 100 points earned. Uh, you know, on the slots, you'll get one entry. So that's how you accumulate your entries for this great drawing. Now, the sports book has the $50 parlay card uh, wagering promotion. All you have to do, guys, is buy a $50 parlay card, and we'll give you either $5 off the fabulous buffet, which is just off the hook. It's the only one in Summerlin, guys. Keep that in mind. We are the only operating buffet in the Summerlin area. Or you get your choice at the Clubhouse Deli, which you guys know how great that is chicken fingers, hamburger, or you get two hot dogs and fries with the coupon. All you have to do is place a $50 parlay card, and that's all football season. So come out and enjoy, enjoy the games. It's just awesome. 55-foot video wall. You guys are sitting right there. We still have uh, you know, several other promotions as well. We have the virtual drawing each and every Tuesday. We announce a winner. Three prizes, guys, 500 in cash, and you accumulate by betting in my race and sportsbook. You earn on straight bets, parlays, and teasers. Just use your rewards card, remember, for each and every one of these fabulous promotions. I think we just lost Steve. He just went to bet a $50 parlay to go get some chicken fingers. <laughs> goes out of here. I'm a maniac on the chicken fingers. Everyone knows that I love chicken fingers. Uh, so week one starts up here. We had week zero with like a half dozen games in college football. And then between FCS and FBS, I feel like there's like 200 games coming up. But Thursday we got some games. Um, give me a gauge on the action so far. You get an action on – Utah and Florida, which has been all over the place from an odd standpoint, and there's a Big Ten game with Nebraska and Minnesota. Yeah, definitely. You know Cameron Rising is the whole factor there with the Utah game. It's been like a heartbeat, Steve. Uh, we opened it at 8.5 at the Rampart in South Point. Now we're currently sitting at 5. You could see the total reined in as well from 49 down to 44 at the Rampart in South Point. And this is basically because both of the quarterbacks, uh, you know, for Utah are banged up, including the starter and second string. And, you know, I definitely believe he's not going to suit up. And if he does, it's not going to be, you know, the rising that we're used to seeing. And Florida, we know, is not at the top of the SEC this year, guys. You know, they're ranked at the bottom, basically, which is very rare, but yet they're taking action. Uh, you know, the other game, Nebraska, uh, getting two-way action there. Great. Open seven and a half. Now at seven, 42 and a half. Once again, the totals are coming down. You could see all the unders that happened in week zero, and people feel that trend continues as you get on into these games. And then, you know, we have a good slate on Friday. You have four or five games, and Hawaii has definitely been a focal point there. Steve, unbelievable. We opened this game at 10. Now it's down to three and a half. And we're going to see how Timmy Chang is. I think Hawaii's really good at home, but I'd be looking to bet against him against Vandy in the follow-up game. Yeah, I think the value disappeared on this one. I like Hawaii, too, and I like the way they fight, but uh, the line probably should be somewhere between 10 and three and a half. Uh, what do you think is going to happen on Saturday and, and the lead-up? 
on the action on games like Michigan laying 36 and Oklahoma laying 35 and a half. People are just going to come in and say, screw it, I know those teams, they're going to blow these guys out. Yeah, you always get those parlays, guys. You know that. And a lot of these people just love uh, betting on these massive favorites. Tie them together in teasers. Don't forget about your teaser bets. They're going to be definitely a focal point on most parlays at teasers. Very similar to this baseball season where you're seeing the same teams get bet repetitiously when you see these big spreads on teams like Michigan, Alabama as the season goes on. You know, it doesn't matter. These people blindly are going to put them in parlays and teasers. You know, TCU, you're seeing they're a massive favorite. Uh, I think we might get a little two-way action on that game. But still, these teams will be very focal, Steve in the teaser and parlay market, and we'll have to take them down and on parlay cards as well. Uh, Sunday, is that the most heavily bet game, or are people still not kind of up to speed yet on college football? Oh, she's playing Florida State. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's a marquee matchup, and we have a lot of people that are focusing in on that. You know, anytime you have those two big names, especially LSU, and, uh, you know, I have a huge following in Baton Rouge. Those guys love to uh, listen to my analysis out there. So LSU, a lot of people come to my shop to bet on that game, and definitely that has been the best handle thus far. Uh, For football all season long, uh, this is going to kick off on September 7th of the Thursday Night Football game in the NFL. Bar specials here at Rampart. Uh, include $2 draft beers, 3 bucks on the bottled beer, $4 Bloody Marys, and then I'm all about the hot dog cart. I uh, wish that was out here seven days a week. All right, Dwayne, so let's look at week one in the NFL. Um, I was looking at the betting splits, and these look like the most heavily bet by the public. You can tell me maybe if it's different here. First of all, the Falcons and the Panthers, people like over like 80% seem to be betting the Falcons, even minus three on the hook. Yeah, definitely. You know, when you could see that movement, when you come off of three numbers, and we're at four at the Rampart in South Point, so it's even a higher ticket count. You have a great uh, analysis right there, and it's definitely going to be one of the games that we'll be looking to uh, be, we'll be rooting for Carolina because I think the Atlanta money will continue to pour in. Uh, you know, I don't believe Carolina is going to be a factor this year at all. They're basically in rebuilding mode, so I uh, will see a lot of parlay and teaser action as well as just hammering the line that we opened at three and now it's at four. So, yeah, Atlanta is definitely one of the key games. So many of these numbers have been set for so long, and they've already been bet into, and the market is kind of set where they are. But the the number I find most intriguing week one is the Bengals number. At the Browns, just under a field goal right now, what does this say about Joe Burrow? If he plays, does it go up? Is this set as if he is playing? How are we kind of reading into this line? Well, I'll tell you right now, guys, a healthy Joe Burrow, and it's way over a field goal, I'll be honest with you. You know, I think that this is a rivalry game. He did return to practice today, I was seeing on social media, so that's definitely good. But a healthy Joe Burrow means so much. And, you know, Cleveland, they are going to have Watson now for a full season, so we're going to see how he uh, mans this team. He definitely has the leadership skills. He has amazing talent, but I think Cincinnati is definitely uh, a Super Bowl team if Joe Burrow is healthy, and they've proven this in the last couple of years. This guy has just raised his level right to where Josh Allen, Mahomes, and uh, Jalen Hurts are at. It's not surpassing some of these guys. So Joe Burrow is a fabulous talent. We have to see how healthy he is moving into this game because it is an intriguing line. Uh, Steve, you make a great point. I mean, we're sitting at two at the Rampart and South Point, actually down from the two-and-a-half opener that Chris action on the over in this game. Up to 48, you have two uh, quarterbacks that are definitely capable of lighting it up. 
thought, let's watch how Joe Burrow is. We know he has that fabulous wide receiver tandem, and it's going to be off the hook if they could really explode and start to, uh, you know, get healthy. And well, we have to, going back to some of the other week one matchups, we have to bet some of these young quarterbacks, right? Some of these teams are going to come through getting big numbers. Could it be the Texans plus 10 against the Ravens? Wow, that's really scary because, you know, now Lamar Jackson wants to prove something, you know, and I've been uh, reading how bad that the Texans really are. The wide receiving core isn't that great. You do have a young quarterback there, so, you know, maybe you could tease some of these uh, teams up that are starting these younger quarterbacks, but I think people feel more confident with the veteran quarterback, and definitely, you know, that's one of the games that we're expecting to have a lot of one-way action on the teasers and parlays, we're sitting at 10. We opened it at 9.5, Steve, so you make a great point. Uh, you know, definitely they're going to bet Baltimore. Lamar Jackson's happy now. Let's see if he could actually stay healthy through the last five games of the season and leading into the playoffs. There's a lot of pressure now with that big contract, and this is not a game where you could slip up, but definitely it could fall within the 10 points. Uh, you know, double-digit uh, dogs definitely in the early season do come through at times. Last one to hit, and I find this one crazy. There's a big split with a lot of money and tickets on the Commanders. And, you know, it's because the Cardinals appear to be dumping and the Cardinals' quarterback situation situation isn't great. But here's the thing, Dwayne, on the other side, like the Commanders are a better team, but they ain't rolling out freaking Joe Theismann. I mean, Sam Howell essentially is a rookie. I cannot believe people are betting the Commanders' balls to the wall minus a touchdown. Guys, how confusing is Ron Rivera, too? I mean, this guy is just a total enigma. I, I don't know what he does. You know, uh, manning this team, Arizona, they're in disarray, though, guys. Uh, I mean, you really can't find anything positive about the coaching situation, the quarterback situation. They lost a lot of talented wide receivers and other players. You know, uh, Hopkins is not there anymore. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how Arizona reacts. This is another game where I don't feel that the favorite, uh, you know, needs to slip up in this position because you do have a tight division there. You want to try to keep pace with Philadelphia, who is the uh, NFC frontrunner, in my opinion. Dallas is pretty solid. Giants now got everything rectified with Saquon, so they could definitely improve. Dable's an excellent head coach. You really don't want to start slipping and sliding against a team of this caliber of Arizona, who has just been horrible. They were horrible down the stretch last year. Defense is definitely going to be tested all season. So uh, I could understand the public's perception, but it's not one of the games I'd be hanging my hat on. We want. Dwayne, we got uh, one more minute here. Dwayne Colucci, Rampart Racing Sportsbook, is with us. Uh, we're hanging out here in the book. We'll be here on the 13th of September as well. Uh, one more time, if you can pop the uh, the $50 parlay card wager and the, the bonus meals, the food that people can get. Yeah, definitely. Just purchase a $50 parlay card, and you could get one per day, guys. So just bet a $50 on Friday, bet one on Saturday, bet one on Sunday. You, you get three coupons. You can only use one, keep that in mind, but you can really earn a lot of good things and perks at the Rampart. Like you said, hot seat drawings. We have so many bar specials. You know how good the deli is. Only buffet in town in the side of Summerlin. It's just unbelievable. Definitely a good time. We will have the NFL Sunday ticket as well, fired up on the video wall as always. Definitely the place to be is the Rampart if you're in the area or just commute from the Strip. You want to avoid that riffraff and paying to seats, too. We do not charge at the Rampart for seats. It's a first-come, first-served right. basis, right. so that's also good to know. I'm looking around. There's no riffraff here except for 
Cofield and Company. We apologize for that. Uh, Dwayne, thanks for having us out here. We'll talk to you soon, okay? <laughs> Definitely, guys. I appreciate you having me on and enjoy the facility as always. We will. Dwayne Colucci, Rampart Racing Sportsbook. Are you started laughing during the, uh, the, yeah, Sam, the, Joe, Sam, the Sam Howell mention. Joe Theismann couldn't dream of being the quarterback Sam Howell is. Oh, that's what you're laughing at. Well, you, yeah. you get the reference. You know, in, in his day, Joe Theismann was a pretty good Sam Howell is going to be very good. You do? You think so, yeah, huh? Absolutely. All right. I didn't know if I had the wrong starting quarterback if no. Brissett, like overtook him today. No. No. Sam Howell's legit. Okay. Or I, I, I also didn't Robert know. Rivera doesn't know that, but yeah. we all do. I didn't know if you were, uh, once Dwayne and I start going and his New York accent and my old New Jersey accent comes out and then I'm trying to pitch the Hawthorne Grill and that bridge and tunnel conversation that just turns into the come out for happy hour at the Hawthorne Grill and it's like I all right I've worked on this I'm falling apart five o'clock hours on the way we're going to talk to a rush get into a bunch of LA stories in the five o'clock hour stick with us Adam Hill Cofield hanging out at the Rampart in Summerlin